have my headset on. Hello, God bless, and welcome. I'm Kevin Haggerty. This is the God Logic Project, where we discuss maintaining a Christian worldview in a post-Christian America. Exactly what we're going to do tonight with my guest, Jack Martin, uh, who is on the front lines of a, of a battle between parents, a network of parents, and the Pasco County School Board over some LGBTQ decisions and, and inclusion and, and those types of topics. So it's going to be an interesting uh, conversation, a hard conversation to have, but I think it's going to be an important one. So I encourage you to tune in, share this with your friends. Uh, we will open up the phone lines later in the show, and you can, of course, message us on, on YouTube. If you're watching us over there on Facebook, go over to youtube.com forward slash Project, and you get the full uh, multi-camera, full effect of the God Logic Project over on YouTube. But well, we are streaming live to the God Logic Project on Facebook right now. Uh, if there's anything I can do for you, I'll do this early. Email me, godlogicproject at gmail.com. If, I, if you need help in any way, uh, if I have the resources to help you with recovery or, or any kind of addiction, even uh, theological questions, doctrinal questions, feel free to email me, godlogicprojectgmail.com. We now have an Amazon affiliate. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Next day is Black Friday. When you do your Amazon shopping this holiday season, if you would, please go to godlogicproject.com, click on the Amazon logo, shop as usual, but Amazon will then donate a portion of their of your purchases to the Godlogic Project. Help help pay for some of this stuff, which I'm going to have to begin to start ramp, ramping up here a little bit. But first, how about we listen to the intro music? Hello, God bless and welcome. I'm Kevin Haggerty and this is the Godlogic Project. Shut up, Kevin. That's right. I'm Kevin Haggerty. That's Mike Easton telling me to shut up like he does every week. And in studio today, I have Jack Martin. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, brother. So the uh, you and I have never met till tonight, although we did talk an awful lot via uh, Facebook and also on the phone. Uh, but you are involved in, uh, uh, in in kind of an ongoing dispute with the Pasco County School Board right now over LGBTQ rights compared to parents' rights, and that, which is a particular concern to me plus the rights of kids that don't struggle with gender identity. Uh, how did you get involved in that? How long have you been doing that? Tell us a little bit uh, of your background. Since September of 2018, and I had a friend call and, and ask me if I was aware of what was going on. I wasn't. So I showed up at a, I believe it was the September, if not the October, board meeting and heard what they were saying. I realized that they were excluding parents from having any say in what their policies were. They were forcing people to accept something against, you know, any belief they might have themselves. So they were, it wasn't that they were uh, not honoring the, the input of the parents, but they were kind of subverting the input of the parents. They were avoiding it altogether uh, by uh, having, what, LGBTQ clubs after school, but uh, being willing and encouraging to do it anonymously that a parent, I have kids in the Pasco County school system, uh, that if, if I asked if my child was going to that club, they would... They would protect the anonymity of the child. Is that what's going on? Yeah, I think one of the things that stuck out to me was an email I read by uh, the school psychologist, Jackie Jackson Dean, where basically she told the person she was writing to, you know, don't if the child comes to you and tells you they're feeling gender dysphoric, don't tell the parent. And then in, in another case, one of the parents, uh, Gloria Ann Kirk, had, had asked to have permission slips sent home and they made it like it was some ridiculous thing. When if you if you go to like Orlando County over that way, uh, where or where Orlando is, excuse me, you'll find out that that they use a parent slip, and yet they were saying it was too difficult here. 
Right. So what would their be? What would their concern be? Oh, we just lost our cameras. What would their concern be for uh, uh, for including parents that the that it would somehow put the children in jeopardy? Or what? What is their argument for that? It was superficial. They were saying basically that that a, a child's life would be at risk if that happened. And I, I asked them at one meeting. I asked them, said, "Can you give me statistics on any situation where a parent has?" you know, physically or even, you know, mentally harm their child over it. And they couldn't, they said, but it exists and we can't take the chance. That to me seemed like it was a cop out to, to, to go the route they were going. Right. So it would then seem, and there's probably a percentage of parents that would not receive that information or, or knowledge of that their child was struggling with gender identity. It may not be received well. My concern would be, and what little I've known about this uh, in the last year, less than a year probably, is that, uh, that is not the that's not the place of the school board to make that decision. And and my worry is always with government that they they are trying to play the role of the parent uh, and and disqualifying the parental authority, God given parental authority over these kids, yeah. uh, so that they uh, they can then circumvent that authority, which is very appealing to a, a middle school or a high school kid when they thir- circumvent the apparent the authority of the parent. Uh, all of a sudden, that is very liberating and very freeing and very inviting to a child who then might want to plug might that might be part of their motivation to plug into this type of thing. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Totally. So the, uh, the big concern I think is in the LGBTQ community, I'm talking, uh, uh, the, the T part of it is, uh, is that the, the suicide rate is super high pre-transition, something like 44%. I've seen some studies, but it does not seem to get any lower post-transition. Actually, if, if you do a lot of research on it, what you'll find is if you take your statistics from an LGBTQ uh, familiar site, they'll give you the higher statistic there. If you really check it out and check it out, even with people who have transitioned and detransitioned, you'll find out the rate of suicide is higher after a person has transitioned and realized that that wasn't the fulfilling need in the Yeah, life. so that, that then that would now, LGBTQ is uh, lesbian, bi, gay, trans and Q is queer or questioning yeah. or something like that. Yes. Uh, so the, uh, uh, so they, they cover a, a broad spectrum of topics here for these kids. So it's not just, uh, it's not just same sex attraction, but it, it is literally kids that are dealing with, uh, am I a man or a woman? Am I a male or a female at a very vulnerable time in their lives? Uh, they are being influenced, uh, I think my concern would be they're being influenced by only one side of the argument, exactly. right? And, and so then we end up with a situation where uh, what, what's, the, what's in the best interest of these kids? And, and is there, is, are all parents such a threat that, they would, that they, would, uh, they, it, they would warrant not telling the parents? I find that very, very hard to believe. I, it, I, can't, I don't know a parent like that. Yeah, it's, it's not realistic to think that way. Uh, if you follow through other statistics that have come out, 99% and 88% or 99% of the men, 88% of the women who go through this in their pre-puberty years, by the time they've gone through puberty, have returned to accepting their, their true gender. And I have, a, I have a grandson that's three years old, and one day he's going to be a fireman, and one day he's going to be a garbage man, and one day he's going to be an airplane pilot. The frontal lobe of the brain doesn't fully form until age around age 24, 25, and so you're, you're really taking them at a, a stage where they're not capable of making that kind of decision, and you're making it for them. Right. So then there, 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 there was a, a, a fight, I think, in Texas with a 
with a mother who is a doctor of some sort. Yeah. And she wanted to transition her eight-year-old son to be, she was raising the, the boy as a girl. The father, uh, who they were not married anymore, but the father fought to avoid uh, uh, hormone treatments for an eight-year-old boy. Uh, it just seems to me that uh, that if this conversation, this conversation is so important that it has to be had in the light, right? And uh, and that if this conversation is not had in the light, in other words, if we don't, if the Pasco County School Board particularly doesn't receive input input from both the parents, the biological parents, and the state parent, the state nanny that they're trying to be. Uh, it seems to me, uh, it seems to me if I had to trust one, I would trust the parents. And the other thing is if we're going to, if, if we can't trust every parent to make a healthy decision for their kid, then we need to balance the power between the state and the, and the biological parents. Does that make sense? It, it does. I, I just get concerned when the state moves away from reading, writing, and arithmetic to ideology because it then becomes their view, my way or the highway. And I think what I've learned a lot through the whole Pasco situation is when I checked email trails, other emails that I had received, uh, there seems to be a network through all the schools of those who support this. And there's almost like a clandestine type uh, style where they're, where they're uh, conferring with each other on how to push these issues along. One of the things that Jackie Jackson Dean had put up was a statement that said, if a door closes, find an open window. And basically the statement was, if you get blocked, keep looking for a crack in the wall. Right. So the uh, is the entire Pasco, is there nine people on the Pasco County School Board? How many school? Five, five, five board members, a lawyer, and a superintendent. Okay. And then the uh, are they all uh, pro-keeping the parents out of this conversation, or are they? Or is there some division? Could, and are they? They're elected officials. They were voted into those positions, right? Re- reading their faces, I would say that there, there's a division. Uh, I think what happens that almost at the end of every meeting, the lawyer comes out with a scary tale, yeah. and he tells them this is what will happen. This is what will happen. Uh, the Liberty Council had offered to. Uh, serve them pro bono if anything came up, but the school board pushed that to the side. Well, what would be an example of what might happen? What would the lawyer say might happen? He re- he goes immediately to a case in St. John's where the school board did not go any further in the lawsuit because they didn't want to invest money if they lost, and so they simply reneged on it. Uh-huh. it there was never a, a decision reached on the merit, and he keeps telling them, well, look, it, it, they stopped them there, when I bring up things like Marion County, where in 2016, April 2016, they passed a, a, a policy that, that left a single-use bathroom, they've never had a lawsuit. They've never had a problem. Right. But even in the meeting that night, back in 2016, every person that spoke on the opposite side said, you're going to get sued, Title IX, this and that. None of it was accurate. So then the... Uh Statewide, it's an issue. Nationally, certainly, it's an issue. There's a big, de- big debate. You mentioned Title IX, but there's big debates going on with whether uh, transgender men should be competing with with biological women in sports. Obviously, regardless of of what they uh, of their emotional state or their mental state, they're bigger, stronger, and faster. Uh, so there are. While there was that was a a push that seemed to be accepted even by the U.S. Olympic Committee. Uh, they've kind of, at least the U.S. Olympic Committee has kind of backed off it a little bit. I saw, uh, it was a New Zealand or, or somewhere uh, voted, uh, uh, 
basically decided not to allow men to compete with I women. know a weightlifting group. I don't know about the Olympics. I know the weight yeah. one of the weightlifting groups have determined they can't compete that way. Yeah, it's just not fair. And so the, uh, the argument that there is more than one gender uh, is an emotional argument. And, and even if their hearts are in the right place while they're making that argument, the science is, doesn't support it. So there is, it's not a social construct, but it's a, it's a chromosome thing, right? So men are generally bigger, stronger, thicker boned, faster, can run longer, taller, uh, almost everything that, that would make a difference in, in a sporting event. Uh, so it, it, it worries me that that does not make sense to everyone. So when, when, when I see people argue that, uh, that gender is a social construct and not biological, that's, that's almost inexplicable to me. And I'm not a, you know, I don't have a PhD, but I can tell you that, you know, there's a difference between men and women, certainly. So then, uh, uh, so we take the point of Pasco County. If we focus simply on Pasco County, uh, there was a, a teacher that was commissioned to, and we'll show his video here in a minute, but he was commissioned to uh, monitor a men's, a boy's locker room while a girl that identified as a boy showered with the boys right here in Pasco County. What school? Are you comfortable saying what school that was? Uh, it was Chasco Middle, and, and the teacher was Robert Pitasano. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he, uh, he refused to... to basically stay in the locker room and watch the kids change, basically? Is that is that how it went? Yes, he and, and another teacher, uh, I'm trying to remember her name. Her last name is Christensen. I forget her first name, but she was part of that too. And they both, uh, Stephanie is her first name, and they, they both chose to not do it by their beliefs, by the moral beliefs. Yeah, I mean, and the I would be uncomfortable... I would be uncomfortable with a teacher that didn't say no to that, that is, wants to go watch my 13-year-old daughter undress. That's, that's a bit tough for me as and, a parent any, of both any, a boy and a young boy and a young girl, you know. Any other period of time, he'd be called a pedophile. Yeah, and so uh, I would not want him in there. I, I admire the fact that he didn't, and I would be alarmed with, uh, yeah, I'll watch, I'll watch them shower or whatever. That would be a red flag, right? So they would certainly, uh, uh, like you said, and not very long ago, they would have not made – you know, that wouldn't even have been an issue. So this thing is coming very quickly, fast and furious. My my fear as a Christian and as a pastor is that it's not just they make the argument that they just want to be left alone, but then they so they make a defensive argument and then when it suits them, they make an offensive argument. Exactly. So we get to we get to Beto O'Rourke saying that, that churches that won't do uh, same sex marriages will lose their five oh one three C or whatever it is. That would put most churches in America out of business because we don't generate enough money beyond corporate donations where they really want that tax deduction. Uh, so that is, that is, I think, where there's hills in life that we die on, hills we don't die on. But when they, there's got to be a, a balance in there somewhere. And this is my worry about having uh, really just one, not Christians or, or conservatives not having a seat at the table at all. Uh, that there is, if you have this one-sided conversation, I think we see it in all aspects of life now. We we tend to exist in intellectual bubbles. Uh, people that love Trump tend to only talk to people that love Trump. People that loved Hillary or, or uh, socialism or any of the things that the Democrats are going for now tend to only spend time and think and agree with and get people to agree with them. Uh, so my advice would be beware of any, any doctrine, any idea, any I- ideology that flourishes in the darkness yeah. then withers in the light yeah. so if if the green new deal is a perfect example there was probably hundreds of people telling aoc that was a great idea powerful brave all those things 
And then the rest of the world reads it, and we're like, it bankrupts us. Yeah, no cows, no airplanes, and they don't. If they're not willing to work, they should still be paid. That does not play well outside of that intellectual bubble, right? At that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is what worries me is that if if we just if Christians just talk to Christians and and the left wing guys the leftists just talk to leftists things make perfect sense, but it's when we it's when we have a, a seat at the table with each other and we try to talk about these things we need to be able to do it logically and not emotionally. Yeah, uh, that's uh, key. So the so this little girl wanted to shower or identified as a boy and she was thirteen. How old was she? Is this middle school I or high was, school? I believe it was thirteen. Okay, so the. Uh, uh, she she identified to as a boy and wanted to shower with the boys, uh, and then the boys were not happy with that. Well, from what I saw from the video, and we'll play the video, and and then the teacher was fired or reprimanded. What uh, happened to rep, the teacher? Reprimanded. Uh, he in the in the video you'll see Hill State statements were made. They were talking about, uh, are you comfortable with putting him out? Uh, you know his his ways can't be tolerated. And what ways were his ways? His ways were his Christian beliefs. Yeah. Uh, what what their argument a lot of times uh, in the midst of that is, well, no girl ever undressed in front of a boy or showered. The problem was that the condition existed in which she could. And so to say it didn't happen then and there uh, is an invalid argument. So the, uh, uh, so the, uh, uh, the school board outwardly is saying is saying what that it's that they understand his position and what inwardly their their internal emails to each other that he talks about a little bit they're saying we gotta we gotta shut this guy down we gotta keep him from speaking or or because it's it, it seems like there's two very different stories being told here uh yeah. for sure no and actually in the meeting that uh, the superintendent and the and the uh, chairman of the board had <laughs> And the chairman of the board had with a few of us, uh, he actually had, had made the statement that Rob had broken the rules and he could have fired him. Uh, he he stated he never would, but he made it plain that he saw Rob's behavior as unacceptable. Right, and, and that is uh, uh, that is this. These are the things that worry me. So we we have a video now, and we're going to show it to the the audience here. And this is this is uh, Rob, the the guy we're talking about. Uh, addressing the school board at a public hearing. At so the very is, last school board meeting on, on in November. This is the one I, I missed last week. Yes, sir. Okay, so the uh, I, I went to attend one. I attended one of the earlier ones, uh, prepared to give a three-minute talk, and, and it was place was packed, and they literally, it wasn't on the agenda. It was, it was there, they have some open time at the end that you can talk about it. Uh, just the fact that these things aren't on the agenda. They uh, won't put it on the agenda. Yeah, and that is... Uh, my worry is that parents, all parents should know this is going on and not just parents that are like-minded with the same ideology that, that the progressive school board has, but all parents should know that this is going on. And kind of why I have you on here. Uh, I had Gloriana Kirk from protect Pasco's children on here a couple months ago. And, uh, uh, I actually had a school board, uh, a school teacher, like a 20 or 30 year veteran school teacher call in and, uh, she was telling me anonymously that that they were compelled to follow what this that the teachers by and large don't are worried about this and don't agree with this, but they they're, they're they they can't yeah they can't talk back they can't speak out about it, and they have to follow the the guidance of the school board, which is uh, uh, again it's very authoritarian, right? So if if they if they have a fair argument, why are they not willing to make the argument publicly? 
Why does it have to be private closed door conversations? And we're going to do it anyway. And we're going to just make sure that the parents that, that may resist this don't know about it. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why this is a, is a terrible idea. Let's play this video. I accidentally started playing already. And, uh, and we'll talk, we may pause and talk about it a little bit as we go. There it is. There we go. So there we have a school board, a school teacher addressing the school board. Now the school board 
uh, some of them seemed legitimately interested in what he was saying. And I don't know any of them, by the way. I'm just going by what I see on the screen. But some of them did seem to be barely tolerating the things he was saying. It's pretty normal at a meeting. Uh, uh, the woman in the red jacket usually tends to pays attention. Uh, there's uh, another woman that you can't see right now who does. And the others basically kind of look around to look at things. Uh, Mr. Browning does sometimes, not all the time. And you, you get the feeling they're not really even hearing us. Right, and they're uh, they're they're going through the motions. Maybe they're just trying to get this over with. Now, they at some point is there is there any indication that they're going to put this on the agenda to be discussed, or are they convinced that they're, the way they're going to do it is the way they're going to do it? I, I've tried, and others have tried to get them to do a workshop on it. They they've refused. So what I've done is I I've approached uh, Hernando County School Board, and and know a couple of the board members here, and had them presented with an article for a policy that would make it a biological sex as a choice. Uh, and they're talking about possibly putting it on as a workshop. If they do, then I then hope to parlay that against PASCO to say, if they can do it, why can't you? And so, and they're talking, they're not talking about kids that are, are same sex, sex attractant. They're talking about a, a young girl that, that feels like she's a boy. She identifies as a boy. Uh, and so she wants to live a boy life, and she she's probably just now entering puberty. I guess if she's in middle school or high school. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, it, what worries me is this is probably the most vulnerable of our population right now. Uh, and and it, I was when I was that age, very impressionable. I'm sure you were. Everybody is from that 13 to 25 year old range. Uh, whichever way the wind blows, it tends to be how we behave. My worry is that if they they, that they make this so attractive, so inclusive, so accepting, so celebrated, that it, that that is that be, then becomes part of the the lore for these kids. And you you were saying that a, a, a what percentage of kids I've heard as high as ninety percent of kids that that struggle with gender identity during puberty eventually outgrow it, and it's somewhere between eighty and ninety five percent. Ninety percent with boys. I said ninety eight before. I was wrong. Ninety percent with boys. Eighty percent with girls. Right. So what do you think the motivation is then to rush these kids? Why sexualize our kids at all at such an early age? Why rush them through? Do you think they're, they're trying to be, uh, that you think they're, I think they're trying to be compassionate and do the right thing, but sometimes doing what feels good and doing what does good is two different things. I, I, I think there's confusion here. I think there's a genuine effort to do away with a biological sex. And the only way you do that is by, by making it, you know, invalid and that seems to be when you talk about the LGBT, LGBTQ excuse me agenda, uh, you're talking about people who are putting ideas forth for a purpose. We're not talking about the individual who's gender dysphoric. Mm -hmm. My heart and, and soul goes out to them to help them, but there's an actual effort to do away with. And I, as a as a pastor, as a Christian, I look at that as if I read Genesis, I read God created the male and female in His image. Mm -hmm. And the best way to spit in God's face is to take that away. And it, it seems to me that that is somewhere tied up in the package. Yeah, and, and certainly I think there is a lot of that in, in a lot of the issues that we deal with in 2019. I think the theme of the God Logic Project is that how to maintain a Christian worldview in a post-Christian America. With me, I try to do it with compassion and, and a uh, little self-discipline. I think the problem is when we get emotional, we start calling each other names, exactly. then we can't have the conversation. It becomes very difficult then to have the conversation at all, and I think that's a big problem. Uh, so the that we end up stuck in those intellectual bubbles where we're 
really kind of intellectually lazy because everybody agrees with us, yeah. right? So it becomes very easy to, if everybody's saying yes to you, then every idea seems like a great idea. If I throw my ideas at my minor children, uh, they're not going to argue much because I'm daddy, right? Yeah. So, uh, but then if I put that idea to you, you might be like, Kev, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. So uh, how, do we, how do we then have this conversation uh, publicly in the light and, and come to, there's a logic and a reason and reasoning that's available to us. If we even set aside scripture, there are, there are two genders, right? It's, there is a binary male, female. Now there might be a spectrum that exists within the male gender and within the female gender, but there's no scientific proof. I don't think that hermaphrodites, maybe that you can cross from one to the other. Now, as an adult, you can do whatever you want. Right, but this is a little bit different because they're talking about children, and they're not talking about their children. They're talking about our children, yeah. And that we, as parents and as Christians in America, would not be able to speak into that. Uh, so one of the things I'm trying to set up is to have a uh, an LBGTQ, uh, I guess, a forum in here. I'll, I have a lot of friends that are from that community. I'm going to have them in here, uh, or friends, or their friends, or somebody, and try to. I have a lot of questions. I want to pick apart a lot of that, and I want to try to get them to uh, maybe explain to me if they can do so calmly and rationally. Uh, a lot of what you see on TV and the news is, is so erratic and so crazy that it really is never going to get you anywhere, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, especially now, uh, you know, the state of the media and everything else in the United States is very tough. So what I'm going to do, Jack, is I'm going to open up the phone lines if anybody wants to call in. Uh, there, uh, I'll fiddle around a little bit. As you guys know, I... Uh, as you guys know, I'm both the, the engineer for the God Logic Project and the host, so sometimes I get confused and forget what I'm doing. Try not to do that tonight. We, uh, uh, we're going to open the phones to you guys if you want to call in, if you have any input, anything you'd like to speak into this. Uh, as always, if you want to be a guest on the God Logic Project, email me at godlogicproject.gmail.com. Uh, if we can work a show around, uh, around you or around your cause, uh, certainly glad to do it. Uh, it's godlogicproject.gmail.com. Uh, if you if you interested in the content that we're talking about today if you like it give it a thumbs up if you don't give it a thumbs down either way comment so i know and if you would subscribe uh we're trying to get our subscriber base up it's it's how this whole youtube process works only takes a second subscribe ring the alert bell and every time we put up new content you'll be alerted so they'll let you know uh so we have uh i'm going to kind of keep an ear out for for when people call in so i might interrupt you to get to the phone call no problem uh and it's it becomes a little bit awkward, but again, there's no engineer. It's just me with a bunch of stuff that I'm, barely, I'm just now learning how to use. Uh, so the, uh, uh, so what are what is the official policy? Do you think of the school board? Um, is it is their official policy to not include parents in these conversations, or do they say they do and they don't? How does that work? What? Can, how are they getting away with this? Because this seems, I mean, this seems like North Korea stuff, authoritarian, not. United States of America stuff. You know, we Actually, should be able to way, have this open conversation. The way they're getting away with it is by not having a voted policy. They have this fluid poli a fluid practice that can change. They'll tell you, as they did in that last uh, form put out by the school, yeah. they'll, they'll tell you that they, they it's a, you know, a, a compilation of ideas uh, that they're using and that they can change with each individual case. You can't have that. It, it, I think in the Marion County, what their point of view was, they pointed back that years earlier a boy had been suspended for going in the girls' room. 
And they said that was a policy and that policy never changed. Why is it now okay? Yeah. Well, we, we need to almost research that and see, well, what is the policy that's always existed? Because they're, they're changing it by choice. So are these things by, by county level, state level? Is the federal government uh, uh, saying they have to do this? How, how far up can they pass the buck before somebody has to be accountable for the decisions? I mean, is that a Pasco County thing? Can, can we as Pasco County residents vote the, all these folks out and vote new folks in? We, we can do that, and, and I've never advocated all of that because I, I think sometimes that's that argument of you don't agree with me. Yeah. Get rid of you. So we, it would uh, be nice to have a mix of folks on there. It certainly would be nice to get our voices heard to where they actually uh, gave a, a seminar on it. I think the best thing would be for our state legislators uh, to make it that it was biological sex was the basis for bathroom and, and shower and locker room uh, choices. On the federal level, uh, under the Obama era, he had made an executive order where he said, according to Title IX, it now included transgenders. Well, uh, Donald Trump became president, and they immediately overturned that. So on that basis, it, it, that doesn't hold anymore. And Title IX, the wording of Title IX, does not include transgender. And that goes, Title IX goes to, uh, to uh, equality for female athletes, basically, or female students altogether? It's actually, it's, it's just, it's everybody. It's that nobody is mistreated because of their race, their gender. Uh, you know, there, there should be no uh, discrimination. But it, it doesn't uh, include transgender. Right. So it is... Uh uh, this is kind of a new, a newer problem, a very unique problem, really, uh, that there would be, uh, that there would, this would even be a conversation. So uh, uh, the idea that, um, that, so we, do, it, it, the pro- part of the problem is we look at it as one big group, right? So I, I have friends that are, that are gay and I have friends and family members that are lesbians and gay and, uh, but they, and they absolutely live a normal, they're not militant, they're not angry, they're just kind of a, uh, that's an aspect of their life. Whether I agree with it or not, not the issue. It's not my life. It's not sure. my side of the street, and I certainly love them regardless. Yeah. Uh, but now they've kind of been, they've kind of conflated that with, I wonder, and this is, I'd love to ask uh, the the, uh, the uh, lesbian and gay community how they feel about, uh, how they feel about being kind of lumped together with, with uh, uh, the transgender community or, or folks that are, uh, they kind of move back and forth. Uh, they can be fluid, right? They can be this, you know, today they're male, tomorrow they're female, kind of yeah. I'm attracted to. And if, if you remember not too long ago, Martina Navratilova spoke out that, hey, it's not fair that men who, who identify as women are out on the tennis courts with, with women. Yeah. Uh, and she was very quickly lambasted and, and forced to retreat. But, I mean, when you look around, there's a girl whose skull was, was fractured in a wrestling meet. There are girls who are losing scholarships because they should be number one in their state and fields, and they're losing. I saw a video the other day of, uh, I, I guess it's at hand volleyball, uh, not volleyball, but soccer where you run and throw it. It's a 260-pound boy yeah, who I identified I as I a girl. That, yeah. and, and, I mean, basically, you could hurt somebody horribly that way. And they're taking state and national titles away. Uh, because they obviously could run the mile a lot quicker. They sure. can obviously lift a lot more weight. And I don't say that to be to be uh, provocative, but it's obvious that it's will happen. So truth. while there are women, and I know women that are stronger than me, uh, there 
that that is the anomaly. That is uh, the fringe. But by and large, statistically, men are going to be considerably yeah. stronger, faster, taller, uh, more athletic, and, and uh, more inclined to probably the mechanics of athleticism as opposed to women. Yeah. So the uh, it becomes then, and, and I wonder what role our education system has been playing in this for decades now because this makes an awful lot of sense to an awful lot of people who I admire and love uh, it, but I can't understand the, their logic behind this, right? And it is, uh, I, I'm sure it's to some degree they're trying to be kind and inclusive. Uh, and I, I, would, I would promote that and I would defend that. But at some point, there is a lack of reason or logic that goes to that side of the argument from otherwise logical, reasonable people. Yes. So where does that, is that, is that a spiritual issue? Is that, a, uh, is that particularly an anti-Christian issue? I'd love to have this conversation with people outside of, you and I are pretty close to like-minded on this issue. Certainly as parents, I don't imagine, I can't imagine there'd be a ton of parents out there that would say, well, let the, let the government raise my kids, that's fine. I'll let them decide. I've always, with my kids, I'll teach them right from wrong. You teach them the ABCs and the one, two, threes, and I'll worry about, uh, teaching them about right and wrong. That does not seem to be unreasonable, uh, but it is, um, it is, uh, we've almost moved to kind of the nanny state mentality where, where the state. The NEA is big behind all of this. Yeah, and the, the teachers union is uh, my theory on, on why our education system, and this is not a popular theory, especially amongst a lot of fam- family and friends I have in the educational community, but I think they, the drive for smaller cra- classrooms hasn't worked. I think it's the, the motive, motive behind those smaller classrooms was a larger teacher's union, a more powerful teacher's union. The more teachers they have, the more powerful that union is. Yep. Uh, and, and we've seen almost a watering down of the talent pool for in the teaching community. Uh, some and, and we're seeing a lot more of, of, of teacher-student re, uh, sexual relationships and things like yep. this because they, they uh, perhaps are lowering the standard to, to include more kids. And when I, when I was a kid, and I had nuns for the most part and <laughs> Christian brothers, yeah. but they, I mean, there was 48, 50 kids in our class, and everybody did fine. Now all of a sudden, 18 is too many, and we need a teacher and a teacher's assistant. That seems to me to be more politically motivated than, than uh, teaching motivated. Yeah, so there seems to be great. something to that that's very disturbing. There's a lot of things about our educational system I find very disturbing. It seems to me the guys that exercise the least amount of logic in, in these conversations have the highest degrees. Yeah. And, and, and so they speak from a position of authority because I'm a Ph.D. or I'm a master's degree or a, a bachelor's degree. Uh, but that if, if what you were taught is wrong, is illogical, it's very hard to make a logical argument about it, right, or against. So they, uh, there seems to be... My worry is that we are teaching kids, kids in college, that we're teaching them what to think. We're not really teaching them how to think anymore, and, exactly. and we're paying a price for that globally with uh, our ability to perform on an intellectual level globally. I mean, we're the United States. We should be in the top three, yeah. right? And, and we struggle to be somewhere in the we're, middle of the pack. Yeah, we're yeah. quite a bit ways down. Yeah, so the, uh, uh, I think that is a failure of the education system uh, and it was a, such a huge drive for everybody should go to college. That's how you better yourself. And I think everybody should go to college, but not every degree is created equal. Yeah, We've lent student loan money. We've lent federal money out to these kids for, for degrees that they're never going to be able to use hardly. Uh, now, having a music degree is wonderful, but you don't really make a living except as a music teacher with exactly. a music degree. Gender studies, you name it. 15th century French poetry. 
It's going to be hard to get a job in that 15th century French poetry field when you get out of college. Exactly. So they should have probably, and this is 2020 hindsight, but they should have been more careful who and how they lent that money out in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and, and then uh, the, STEMs, the STEM science and technology, uh, uh, all the sciences were, were kind of falling way behind, in, and, and a lot of our kids are being attracted to more of the liberal arts, yeah. uh, that that too, I think, is something that that uh, there is a motivation behind that. That we're trying to liberalize our youth. We're trying to, in America. You see it in the in the in the debates right now in the Democratic debates. We're trying to be like Europe. Yeah. Well, why would we want to be like Europe? I mean, by by uh, a global standard, we're we're kind of in a better shape than Europe, right? We have the world's largest economy. We're we're America. We've done, we've invented. We've contributed more to the globe than anybody, any country. Uh, and why would we now want to be like somebody else? That is a strange mindset, but it's very prevalent in people that have, you know, four, six, and eight-year degrees. It's, yeah. it's crazy. So we're going to show a video now of a lady that uh, uh, I'm guessing this isn't the United States because she has what appears to be a British accent. Uh, but she is talking about the importance of the LGBTQ being taught in the classroom. Now, here's there's, there's two things to point out here. A, they're teaching it in the classroom. Uh, which worries me. So they wouldn't teach pro-life in the classroom, but they'll teach this in the classroom. Then the other thing that would worry me is, uh, but they, what I would admire about this is at least they're doing it openly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're not doing it after school and, and your parents can't know where you are type of thing. Uh, they, uh, but let's show this lady if I can do it without screwing it up again. And then we'll take your calls after the video. If anybody would like to call in. We are a charity that transforms schools and organizations. We are we are a charity that transforms schools and organisations into LGBT-friendly places. So predominantly we are training teachers because we want our teachers to be really, really confident in the language of gender identity and sexual orientation. And really the bottom line is to completely smash heteronormativity. That's what we want to do. So our kids can grow up and be who they are. We totally encourage intersectional ways of teaching, lots of pedagogies around usualising. So making LGBT plus an everyday occurrence within the school. In our school, every lesson is somehow linked to diversity. It used to be the odd lesson when we talked about diversity, but now it never stops. Hi everyone, my name is Steph. I'm here for Educate and Celebrate and Queer My Library. We ask our students and our teachers to mark key LGBT dates on the calendar. One of our busiest times is February, LGBT History Month, where we engage our students, our teachers, parents, governors, and the local authorities in whole school change. We've been looking at LGBT all week. We've had singers, we've had dancers, we've had drama, we've had teachers that have come out to standing ovations, we've had kids that have come out. It's just been incredible, the, mo the best week ever. We've got a rainbow week, we've got guest speakers, we've got a mini pride march happening in the school. And really the bottom line is to completely smash heteronormativity. That's what we want to do.
All right, we see a couple things in that video that, that I find disturbing is that they're trying to crush heteronormity, uh, which is to say that, that the, they're trying to crush the idea that, that heterosexual men and women, which is biologically what we're supposed to be Absolutely. doing, uh, that they should crush that, that idea, which uh, goes a little bit too far for me. So if we're going to teach kids, and I think some of those kids are, I, I believe some of those kids are way too young to be having this conversation in the first place, and there should be a balance of that conversation. They should be getting both sides of that conversation. Uh, but they're certainly not getting it in movies. They're certainly not getting it in television. Uh, but then the other thing is uh, one little kid there said something to the effect of you don't have to be what your parents tell you to be. Very scary. Yeah, and there and that is that is uh, wildly inappropriate for, for to teach a kid that type of thinking. Yeah. Uh, and certainly... Uh, uh, it, it, again, circumvents the parent's rights. But the parent, society doesn't make you a male or a female. While there are some uh, anomalies within the two genders, certainly uh, it's, it's, it's not a social construct. It's study after study after study shows that, that men behave mostly like men and women behave mostly like women. Now, within those two genders, there is a spectrum of some men are more masculine than others and some women are more masculine than others or more feminine. Uh, but it, it is, um, this is this is what I'm talking about. These are presumably educated, smart people, but what they're saying doesn't make any sense. or It's illogical, right? Or it, it just dismisses science in this case uh, so that they can make a social argument. And should our school board be be pushing any kind of social agenda? That, the, that's I what think, I would wonder I think about. something that goes along with that, with a little boy saying that, when we're at these school board meetings, when we attempt to speak, you know, in, in favor of a single bathroom uh, use or so. We are called by anybody there that represents the LGBTQ community, homophobes, haters, bigots. And it, in my mind, I'm like, you, you know nothing about me. I have a yeah. son who's living the homosexual lifestyle. Uh, I love that son as much as I love my other five children. Uh, I would step in front of a bullet for him. But the, their group is... It's kind of a my way or the highway when they talked about getting rid of heterosexuality. It's that's the goal is to completely wipe that out as a norm, and you you'd have to wipe out reality to do that. Yeah, and so then it doesn't become or when do they cross the line between between simply doing what they think is right and 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 then doing what what seems to be evil. I mean, yeah. it seems to be wrong. Yeah. So the uh, I think it's Dennis Prager. I don't know. Somebody talks about. Uh, the difference between doing what feels good and doing what does good. And the analogy I use when I teach a lot of times uh, is that if, if a teacher gives a math test to 20 students and they give and she gives every one of the 20 students an A, she feels good because her whole class got an A. The kids feel good because the whole class got an A. All those parents and family members are thrilled because their kid got an A. And so they've done something that makes a lot of people feel good. It does. It feels good but they haven't done any good. In other exactly. words, because what they don't know is, and they could have done some harm because we don't know which of those 20 kids deserved a D or an F and need help, right? And need to be, uh, need a little extra school, extra focus on a single topic to get them into the C, B, and A range. Uh, so not only while they've done something that feels good, they've, they've, they've not only have they not done good, but they might've done some damage to some of those kids that may need help in some topics yeah. in math. So, the idea that we our feelings should circumvent everything uh, is is so relative and, and so fluid 
that it, it there is no standard by which you can measure it by. It's no. just ridiculous. I wish I could remember the gentleman's name, but he was for 40 years the, on the staff at John Hopkins University. For 20 of those years, he was chairman of the of the department that did the... And that was pioneered at Johns Hopkins, and he was the guy that pioneered he, it. He pioneered it, and he later came back to say, my research shows it does far more damage than it does good. Now, today, he's demonized. Sure. Back when he first said he it, was he was a hero. A hero. Well, Ma- Martina Navratilova was a hero of women's rights and, and women's liberation so back she, when I was a kid, and now she's uh, anathema, right? Now, now she's... Uh, I don't. I, I would love to speak to uh, a true feminist and 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 discuss with them how uh, how they feel about uh, the LGBTQ push and how it does seem to infringe on women's rights. Do the women that that uh, train hard and eat the right food and practice and and uh, and and want to run a, a quicker mile or lift a little more weight or win a soccer game? Uh, do their rights are are their rights being Quashed by the rights of somebody that is a man biologically that just identifies emotionally and psychologically as a woman. And they, I, I who's wondered, standing up for their rights? Right, I wondered a while back when Bruce Jenner was named the Woman of the Year. How does any woman who's really done what deserved that title feel when that she knows that a man has won the Woman of the Year? Where where are the feminists on this issue? Yeah, I would love I would love to get if I I'm not sure I know I know women that uh, love the girl power thing, but I don't know that I know true feminists. So uh, if you are if you consider yourself a true feminist, I'd love to have you in on this conversation. We could build a podcast around it. Email me at godlogicproject at gmail dot com. Like I said, I'm going to try to have the LGBTQ LGBTQ side of things in here. Sure. I have a lot of questions for them as well. I wonder that how how somebody that is is just gay or or uh, lesbian or gay, uh, how they feel about their cause, their movement being associated with uh, the rest of it, the every sure. other letter that they add on to that, because it seems almost unfair to, to folks that are just living normal lives beyond their, their sexuality. So we it, 10 years ago, you'd be likely to hear, keep it in the bedroom. I think now you're more likely to hear, keep it in the church house. And we well, saw a, a Democratic candidate for president pretty much say he, he'll go after churches that don't agree with this. And that is, that's going way too far in America. And, and you hear in the black community resistance when it's compared to what Martin Luther King did. Yeah. Because they're, they're worlds apart. Uh, and it's, it's like trying to gravitate to something that other people have good feelings about to push an issue that doesn't make sense. And the African-American community is probably, uh, possibly unfairly accused of being exceptionally homophobic. Uh, when they are, they may be certainly being just a defensive of their civil rights movement. Uh, and, and that was, uh, uh, you know, America, not a perfect place. Certainly we have our history sure. of, of black eyes in, in exactly. si- since our founding. Uh, but we are the greatest, the greatest country on earth for sure. And the best system, uh, that, that has existed this long. We're the only country that's been under the same constitution for 243 years and a lot of people would say, well, it's time to change the Constitution. But I say uh, it's worked this far. It's gotten us this far. It's, it, it might be time to change the Constitution if we were, if we, if we were uh, you know, 43rd in the world in, in, in gross domestic product, but we're number one, right? We're number one in, scienti- in, in education or in uh, we've always been number one in producing uh, colleges and institutions. And, and we're the nation that people are trying to break into. Yeah, and people are trying to sneak in here. Nobody's sure. ever trying to sneak out of here. There is there's something very, very different about the United States. Uh, but we, we 
uh, we live in a society in the last 11 years or so that, uh, um, that it is, uh, that America is essentially evil and needs to be fixed, yeah. fundamentally changed. That's been taught in the schools. That's been propagated in the schools. Again, it has to be because uh, why would otherwise rational, rational, intelligent people all be coming to the same irrational, unintelligent conclusion about these things, right? So my friends that I love and respect say we're built on, America's uh, history is built on slavery, America has slavery in their history, but certainly the things we've done in this country uh, in the last 243 years were not all due to slavery, right? No, and, and if you if you think that through, in the history of the world, there's only one nation I know of who fought a war among Caucasians to bring to an end slavery. 600,000 people died yeah. in the Civil War. You know, we we saw the wrong in it, and, and we brought it to an end no other nation did that and we were yeah we were willing to fight and die for that and saying here's my point and this is uh not a threat but a a reality check that there are hills that we will die on as christians uh we we, there are there will be hills we will be forced to choose whether we we die on them or not and uh so the the uh i I would not underestimate we can see it in, in how trump got elected it wasn't russia it wasn't Hillary wasn't a great candidate, granted, but there is a silent majority in the United States that doesn't speak up, that that, that doesn't answer polls, or if they do, they're not going to expose themselves as conservatives for sure. But 63 million people voted for that guy for president. I was one of them, reluctantly, but I was one of them. Well, uh, and, and when you watch the rallies, last night there were 31,000 people in the stadium and there were people outside, you know, even if I held most extreme left view, I'd have to stop and say, why is it this guy draws crowds like that and our candidates draw anywhere from 50 to 200, maybe 1,000 people? Yeah. You know, there's a silent voice that's saying we want to be returned to the roots that the founding fathers gave us. Yeah, and, and just be constitutionalists again. So yeah. the uh, uh, there are, like I said, smart people that resist that, and I think they're instead of an education, they've received more of an indoctrination, and they, uh, they, uh, they. I believe they truly believe they're saying and doing the right things when they say and do the things they do, and it's just surprising to me that that uh, otherwise intelligent, articulate person thinks there's more than one gender or thinks that uh, you know uh, guns kill people. The whole Second Amendment argument is is silly, right? So we've had guns forever but we have mass shootings the last 20 years right the ar which does not stand for assault know, rifle I by know. the way uh, it's been out since ni- like 1974 or something right it, we didn't automatically have mass shootings then we have a me- we have a spiritual issue in this country we have a mental health issue for sure in this country we have n- one broken home after another issue in well, this and country. that was one of the the other day there was an article that said all but a few of those who have been involved in the mass shootings came from a fatherless home. Yeah. There's clearly a moral brokenness in, this, in our nation. So we wanted a godless society, and now we're seeing what it looks like. Yeah. And, and I hate to say it that way, but this is what a godless society looks like. Now, uh, as for me and my home, we'll, we'll serve the Lord. Yeah, but that does not uh, that does not play well in the United States anymore, and that's that's a scary thing. And and if we do not begin to have these conversations and stop being so emotional and start stop calling each other names and liter- really sit down and discuss these things, understand that you can't extend your rights sometimes without infringing on the rights of others. Exactly. So if a teenage boy wants to shower with the girls' basketball team, 
Uh, my 14-year-old daughter's in there. She has rights too, yeah. right? And so we can't just infringe on the rights of, of, of the masses to appease what's something like 0.004% of, of the yeah, population. Yeah. Strangely growing, and I think there is an, they're, they're making it such an attractive movement that people want to be part of it. And I, and I don't have any problem with them having a single-user restroom or shower area. That, that would seem to me for them to be the fairest. They, they're not with people they don't think they're gender-like, but they're neither are they with people whose physical appearances aren't the same. So they change and they go to gym. What is the argument that how somehow that's unfair? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a tough situation. So we want to protect these kids. We want to nurture right. these kids. Uh, I, I'm not sure celebrating what's going on in their hearts is is the answer. I'm, like I said, I think it feels good, and there's that motivation. But are we helping them? So if somebody called me and said, uh, uh, you know, I want you to talk to my daughter. She's anorexic, or something like that. And I, uh, how do we deal with this? And I told him, uh, I told him, you know, start telling her how wonderful obesity is and healthy and beautiful yeah. and uh, obesity is. We haven't really solved the problem. We might make that child feel better and may qu- even quell the anorexia, but she's not obese, yeah. right? And, and and whether she feels like she is or she feels like she's a boy, she's not. Yeah. And so we need to ha- we need to really consider: Are we helping these people? Or are we hurting them? And long term, but God forbid, we're hurting. That breaks my heart. At one of the uh, the board school board meetings. Uh, a transgender individual came up who said they they were they were male who said they were female, and they talked about the license and registration and birth certificate. All said that, and I followed him. I said, with all due respect, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, I was chaplain with the fire department for seventeen years. If we came into a place where a body was burned beyond recognition, they would do a DNA test, and the DNA would come back male if they were X Y female if they were xx and it didn't matter if they were wearing a dress or, or work boots or whatever yeah. they would be what they really were yeah and what about their uh, uh if they go into the hospital complaining of stomach cramps they could be that will be diagnosed very differently from between a man and a woman sure and that's not fair to the doctor who, who they've checked the the mailbox but he's really di- trying to diagnose a female uh and and you know the nurse brings them the the vitals or whatever and he says all right do this there's some liability there. Uh, he's got to be ready to to uh, understand that, that 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 might, even though it says male, it might be a female still, uh, and that's really tough stuff. So if we're gonna we're gonna close up here in a minute, uh, guys. I appreciate you, uh, you know, always supporting the God Logic Project. If you would subscribe, comment down below, give it a thumbs up. Uh, if you'd like to be on the God Logic Project, it's godlogicproject at gmail.com. I want you to be part of this conversation, whether you think we agree or not. I want you to be part of it. If there's anything I can do to help you guys uh, with any issues in your lives, uh, again, email me, godlogicprojectgmail.com. Subscribe to the channel. Oh, if you're going to shop on Amazon anyway, go to godlogicproject.com. Click on the Amazon logo, and then shop as normal. It costs you nothing, but you can can passively help the Godlogic Project pay for for some of the shows that we put on here. and I'm going to give, I'm going to put the camera back on Jack one more time for some parting thoughts. I appreciate you guys. I love you. And uh, Jack, if you're going to send somebody away with a with your elevator speech, last two minutes, uh, what do you think you'd tell them? I simply would say that it's not about an issue of hating somebody or, or being unfair. It's it's about being rational in what science teaches. I, I for years I heard the Christians didn't go by science. They with abortion, they tried to say that, and then they came out with with 
you know, the ultrasounds that showed a, a baby alive. With this gender issue, if we work with these kids, I truly believe that the majority of them will return to the normal gender. And in doing so, we will have saved the child a life of problems. I've done a lot of research, yeah. Kev, and a lot of people ha have been done more harm by transitioning and then detransitioning. Now, if I could say one last thing for Kevin, uh, you may not agree with anything I said today. That, that has nothing to do with it. But I would say Kevin's doing a great job here, and I would ask you to go to his YouTube page and subscribe. He needs help. He's a great guy. Do that for him. Oh, I appreciate you saying that, Jack. And the uh, we're going to wrap it up tonight. Uh, we'll see you next week with another thrilling topic here on the God Logic Project. If no one's told you they love you today, God loves you. So do I. Receive that. Be blessed. And we'll speak soon. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the God Logic Project. And if no one's told you they love you today, God loves you. So do I. Receive that. Be blessed. We'll speak soon. This has been a Rev Kev production.